Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm so glad you're here for another episode, and I'm excited. We have a poem submission that one of you sent in for this week, and the poem is written by Dorothy Dorse Anvil, and I'm going to read an excerpt. It's called Womb. You feel that thumping in your womb? That's no baby, but there's life. There's life in there. Not human, it holds the past, the present, and the future. It holds your sorrows, your joys, your peace, your sadness, your gladness. There's life in there. Not human, but you take care of it, you guard it, you heal it, you release. What no longer serves the wound, the pain, the spirits of those oppressors. In your womb, you are now safe. You are so safe to trust your womb, nurture your womb, give birth and bring life to your dreams. To hear that thumping, there's life in there, there's life. Thank you so much, Dorothy. I love your poem and I am so excited that it's in alignment with this week's episode. We're going to be talking about Kwanzaa, and I'm saying we because I'm excited. This week, I'm being joined by my immediate family. My father, my mother, and my brother are all going to help me talk to you this week about Kwanzaa as we think about it from the perspective of mental health and as we think about it holistically. So for those who are not familiar, Kwanzaa is an African-inspired holiday, which was created by African-Americans. It utilizes Swahili and English to bring home seven principles, seven key principles for us to live well. And we think about living well as African-Americans and then for each of us, who represent all different cultures and traditions on the Homecoming podcast. So Kwanzaa goes from December 26th to January 1st. And often when people see each other who celebrate Kwanzaa, they will greet each other by saying Habarigani. And Habarigani means what's the news or what's up, what's going on? And the person will respond with the principle of the day. There are seven principles and seven days. Uh, When we are celebrating Kwanzaa, we utilize poetry, music, dance. It's an intergenerational gathering. There can be gift giving, honoring of our ancestors, those who came before us, and also sharing of food, fresh fruits and vegetables as we think about our harvest. And I know many of you have been planting seeds for your own transformation, and we're wanting to bring in that harvest. 
So I'm going to talk to you about the first two principles and then I will turn it over to my family. The first principle for the first day of Kwanzaa is Umoja. And Umoja means unity. I want you to think about the experiences of African Americans and know that when we were engaging in protest march, often a rallying cry that you would hear people say is, the people united will never be defeated. The people united will never be defeated. And we recognize how powerful unity is. There is an African principle, Ubuntu, which means our collective or shared humanity. So you will often hear people use the African proverb, I am because we are, recognizing that we are interrelated. So one of the things that African-Americans experienced during enslavement was the intentional uh, division that was brought in within our communities by those who were owners of enslaved peoples. And they would intentionally try to divide African-Americans because they know if you're divided, you have less power. That when you organize and when you gather together, you're powerful. So they would have African-Americans divide by color of skin, treating lighter skin different than darker skin. They would separate them according to roles. So they were those who worked in the fields and those who worked in the house. When they were selling uh, my ancestors on auction blocks, they would separate them by language because they didn't want you together with people who could communicate with you. Uh, they would make it illegal for us to organize and gather together unless they were there to uh, supervise and to have surveillance and to control it. I know along with African-Americans listening to Homecoming that we have people here from all different cultural backgrounds and many of us are trauma survivors. And one of the things trauma survivors determine very quickly is that abusive people like to keep you isolated. They will often say that you have to keep secrets, that you need to be loyal to them, uh, that they need to be present whenever you are speaking. And all of that is to keep you uh, disconnected from your own power. So there is growth in community. There is growth in unity. And I want to encourage you to think about breaking out of your shell, to think about pushing past isolation, and as a homework to think about how can I build better community, both within those who share my identity, and also how can I be intentional about building community with people from diverse backgrounds? Because when we are in solidarity with each other, we can do some very powerful things, which is why even with the assassination of Dr. King and Malcolm X, there continued to be progress because they were not in it by themselves. So there is progress in collective unity, and I want to encourage you to be empowered to push past division and really connect with others. The second principle is Kujichagalia. Kujichagalia, this is Swahili for self-determination. And this principle is about defining yourself. And this was so important for African-Americans because there are so many stereotypes that have been created to try to not only control us, but to also keep other people from wanting to connect with us. 
And so if you think about what are the stereotypes you have heard about African-Americans, one of them is that we're lazy. I want you to think about how outrageously ridiculous that is that the United States developed very rapidly because of our exploited labor, right? So we were forced to labor for generations without compensation. And then there's the creation of this idea uh, that we are lazy. There's also this idea that uh, people from Africa and from other uh, racially marginalized uh, nations are uncivilized. And even as they say that, they would take all of our art and technology and fill their museums with it. So you wanna consider the fact that stereotypes are really used to try to take people's power and to control the narrative. So we have to, uh, not only African-Americans, but everyone who is listening on today, I want you to think about what are the stereotypes you have heard about people of your own identity? So for women who are listening, you know, if you heard that we can't do math or we can't do science or we don't make good decisions, there are those who benefit from those lies. There are those who benefit from those stereotypes. And so uh, within the United States, uh, there was a time when black men were protesting and they would always carry signs that said, I am a man. Now, this was significant because during that time, white people would uh, generally referred to black men as boys. And so to carry a sign saying, I am a man, is that I'm gonna define myself. I am not defined by what you call me. For black girls, we understand that we're often sexualized and objectified. And so when you see that hashtag black girl magic, that is black girls speaking up and defining themselves. And so in this season of your life, I invite you to think about what are the labels, identities, and stereotypes that you want to reject? And what will be the names that you answer to? Are you sacred? Are you brilliant? Are you beautiful? Are you generous? Are you gifted? Are you worthy? It is important that we not be devoured by other people's assumptions, opinions, and misperceptions about us, but that we name and define ourselves. I'm so excited that you're here, and I want to turn it over to my brother, Reverend Jamal Harrison Bryant, the senior pastor of New Birth Missionary Baptist Church in Georgia, and he will tell us about the next two principles. Thank you so much, Tama. I'm honored to be a part. The third principle of Kwanzaa is probably the most radical and the most cutting edge. The most photographed figure of the 19th century was Maryland's own Frederick Douglass, who said famously, power concedes nothing without a demand. The most quoted leader of the 20th century was Martin Luther King Jr., famously noted for having a dream. The most voted for man in the 20th century was Barack Obama, who instilled into a nation of shaken democracy that we ought to have the audacity of hope. But the most followed man of the 20th century for Black people was a man lowly heralded but highly regarded by the name of Marcus Garvey. And Marcus Garvey, he brought together diasporic people from across the Caribbean, Latin America, Sub-Saharan Africa, and even across America 
did something novel that has not been replicated to this day. He brought together the third principle of Kwanzaa, which is cooperative economics. He thought to build factories that were owned and operated by people of color, but not only that, to build, to construct, and to begin trade diasporically on the Black Star Line. But here's what you never see movies about or even a stamp to give him credit for is he began a stock exchange whereby people could invest in Black business and in Black ideas. Friends, I want you to know something. African-Americans have a spending power that would make them the 12th wealthiest nation in the world beyond Switzerland, beyond Netherlands, but it has not yet been organized. Cooperative economics means that we use our fiscal strength to lead to greater freedom with liberty and justice for all. We all know famous entertainers, but we don't know many famous record labels. We know famous athletes, but we do not know a nationally recognized athletic wear company, even though we dominate the sports. The challenge that I want to give to you today is not just a thought one, not just a symbolic one, but how much of your current revenue do you spend with minorities? That cooperative economics is a radical idea for a people who went years with no finances. And yet right at our grasp today is the power and the authority to make a decision that would change everything. I read a quote that I wanted to share with you, that if Jeff Bezos does not come to work tomorrow, Amazon would run on. But if the workers don't come to work, it would come to a screeching halt. Ladies and gentlemen, the power is in the workers. And that's where our cooperative economics must move, not for individuals, but for communities. The fourth principle is a cooperative works. And since Dr. Tame invited me to share with you today, I was trying to figure out how can I make cooperative works? You've got to forgive me. I'm a preacher. Some left to my primary source, which is the Bible. And I'm reminded of a man who was a handicapped. And you're not going to believe it. He didn't have an access to universal health care or Obamacare. Did not have Blue Cross or Blue Shield. You are not going to believe this. It's the very first place I find cooperative works. He's got four friends. And the four friends pick him up and take him to his place of healing. Cooperative works understands that I am not working towards a car, towards a watch, towards a house, but to lift those who have been downtrodden, marginalized, and ostracized. At five foot three, standing on a Harlem corner was James Baldwin, who said that we've got to heal from survivor's guilt, believing that we ought to feel bad about making it and accomplishing ourselves. But Fannie Lou Hamer corrected him and said, we sing, we shall overcome, not so that we can just know the, rim, the melody and the rhythm, 
but as a reminder that once we come over, we have a responsibility to bring somebody else across. Your cooperative work is the soundtrack of the old Negro spiritual. If I can help somebody, not help myself, if I can help somebody else as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or with a song, it's then my living is not in vain. In kindergarten, we have a principle that many of us have lost. It was written up in my report card that I want to read to you today. Jamal does not work well with others. I want you to be found guilty of cooperative works, of working with others to make the goal of advancement and achievement something that is attainable and that is realizable. And so today, make a commitment to cooperative economics and cooperative works. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that as we think about how we can embody these principles, thinking about us across racial and ethnic lines, also thinking about diverse abilities. And next we have my mother, Reverend Cecilia Bryant, who is the founder of Akosawa Visions and an author of multiple books, the most recent one being Come Unto Me, uh, which is a powerful book of prayers. Reverend Cecilia, if you can give us the next two principles. Thank you, Dr. Tama. Friends and family, I'm thrilled to be able to share with us the fifth principle, Nia, Nia, which in the Kwanzaa ceremony is represented by a green candle. Within the soul of every mortal being, there is a power that awakens meaning, sustains identity, welcomes grace, ignites passion, and prolongs life. This glorious power can be embraced or denied, manifested or silenced, legitimized or forbidden. It is the power of purpose, Nia. Purpose aligns us with the beauty of the universe. Purpose dignifies our humanity. Purpose creates legacy and proclaims destiny. Purpose is the gateway to an authentic life. What is my purpose, you would ask? I respond with three questions that only you can answer. One, what is it in you that has the power to unleash a hope that transcends your lifetime? Two, what is it in you that can usher in the healing of the universe? Three, what is it in you that can bring the beauty of redemption to the soul of humanity? When the answer is revealed, 
you will discover Nia, your glorious life purpose. The power of purpose is even exposed by its absence. Loss of purpose, rejection of purpose is a dangerous thing because the absence of purpose diminishes us in far too many ways. Violence is the echo of a life lived without purpose. Jealousy is the expression of fear of purpose. Addiction is a refusal of purpose. Apathy is the death of purpose. And oppression is resistance to purpose. When a people are informed by purpose, mobilized by purpose, and armed with purpose, they become resilient, liberated, and unstoppable. Beloved, let not your purpose be defrauded sabotage or prostituted and do not be seduced by those who would ridicule or mock your purpose but make up your mind no matter what you may be going through to live a purpose affirming life because purpose is the gateway to authentic life. And our sixth principle is Kuumba. And that is represented by a red candle. When is it that we mortals are most like the divine? When is it that we are most free of every limiting idea that we have of ourselves? or any diminishing identity imposed from another. It is when we are immersed in the creative process. Kuumba means creativity. Kuumba, it is the moment when the mystery of the not yet trespasses from eternity into time calling us to the glorious, causing us to see and discern within the ordinary that which is something more, more alive, more amazing, more transcendent. This is Kuumba. This is raw creativity. For the sculptor, it is when her hand touches the stone. For the chef, it is when she enters the kitchen. For the musician, it is a sound. For the architect, it is a form. For the prophet, it is a word. Kuumba's creativity takes place the moment we bring into being that which never existed before. It may be natural or spiritual, tangible 
or intangible, visible or invisible. The essence of Kuumba, the essence of creativity is the capacity to sustain resilience, transform the human condition, invoke the sacred, expose genius, marginalize opposition, or make manifest the very glory of God. You, my beloved, are a vessel of Kumba. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for that. As we think about purpose and creativity, and our final principle will be taught by my father, Bishop John Bryant, who is a retired bishop of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. And while he was active, he served in the US, in West Africa, and also in India. So Bishop Bryant, give us Imani, faith. Thank you, Dr. Tama. And as a community, we celebrate Kwanzaa. It's very interesting that this is the 57th anniversary of Kwanzaa. And uh, it is spreading even to this point where in the White House, I heard today that uh, there was a Kwanzaa celebration and Kwanzaa greeting. This is an African-American creation but it is rooted in African culture and history. Imani is the seventh principle, which is faith, calling us to be a people of faith, a person of faith. That is to believe in something greater than yourself. In African spirituality, uh, that would mean to believe in a creator, a presence that is greater than I am, a presence that is before me and will be after me. There is an African proverb that in Africa, God is not taught, he is. Breath is not taught, it is. And so with that African spirituality, we have faith in the creator. It leads to faith in ourselves. That's extremely key to know that the creator, the all wise one, that I am a creation of the creator in my uh, own faith discipline. We taught that we are created in the image and likeness of the creator. And so when we think about are we worthy, uh, when we think about are we worthwhile, that we were created by God for greatness. So I have to believe in myself, no matter what the culture has taught me, no matter what those who are enemies of my prospering have taught that I have to affirm over and over again that I was created with excellence in mind. 
So it is faith in ourselves that we are the very handiwork of the creator. It also teaches that I have to have faith in people. I have to believe in the best for people. I have to believe in humanity, that humanity is worthwhile. Uh, when we live by this principle, we look and celebrate uh, opportunities where we see creation operating in a way that is worth celebration. I was looking at the uh, news today and heard about uh, 10 uh, South Korean tourists who were stuck uh, in this snowstorm here in the States. And they went door to door knocking and they knocked on this uh, family's door and asked if they had shovels because they were stuck in the snow. And the man said, I do have it, I'll come join you. And, but as soon as he got outside in that blizzard, uh, he could tell this was so severe. So he invited all 10 people into his home. And for the next couple of days, they fed them and slept them. Uh, and uh, it was a marvelous story uh, of human beings teaching other human, reaching and blessing other human beings. And that's what this issue of faith is, faith in humanity, the best that we are, that we were created for excellence. Franz Fanon, the diasporic African-Caribbean psychiatrist and philosopher said, we must invest, innovate, reach inside ourselves and dare set afoot a new man and a new woman, amen. And this Kwanzaa teaches us that in this season, we must look for the best in each other. We must invest in each other. We must be innovative and make up in our minds that we will achieve as men and women, as brothers and sisters. This Imani principle is the last principle. It's on the seventh day, and it's on the first day of the new year. Amen. And so we go into this new year uh, with a faith. Uh, this faith, we go forth boldly into the new year, believing that greater things are in store for us, not foreboding, not timid, not doubting, but we go into this new year believing that greater is on the horizon. Greater is waiting for us. Greater is what we will achieve. The faith that we have, we shall achieve greater things for our creator. Amen. He who, the creator who sits above us is more powerful than we are. And he's looking at his creation. And we want our creation to make the creator proud uh, for ourselves, for our people, and for our communities. We're going to build, we're going to innovate. And for our children, get unborn. And so this Imani, this faith, is a faith that has us going into the future boldly and, and victoriously and with great expectation on tiptoe to the glory of the Creator. Amen.
Amen. And Ashe, thank you so much. It has been my honor to share my family with you all, to share my culture with you, and you all, the co-journers, my homecoming community. I hope these principles will serve you well and also be a reminder for you to research your own cultural traditions and learn from those who came before you. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.